It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast with our friend John Owning. Landon, what's going on, sir? Not much. It's it was a glorious weekend, you know, <laughs> like not, it, it, it really the, was. The, like the the fear and like the need of having to kind of like refresh, see if we've gotten anything on Demarcus Lawrence. Like it's that's alleviated, and I'm just excited now. Like I've, I, I just yeah. spent the whole weekend kind of just excited, and 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 frankly, just renewed interest in the 58th pick because I feel like now you really feel freed up to kind of just take the best player that falls there. Um, but, right. yeah, I, I just feel like th- I'm so glad it got done. I, I felt confident that it would get done, um, but it, the, the fact that it is finally kind of done and now, you know, we I can kind of even – it's it's a twofer. It's like you finally get to celebrate a little bit more Robert Quinn as well, right? Because it's Absolutely. like you, yeah. now you've – oh, man, the fact that Robert Quinn is your number two guy and now it's – it's that's, that's where we're at. And I, I feel like it, it's a level of excitement that it's been missing since the end of the season. Yeah, so in case you didn't hear, the Cowboys signed Demarcus Lawrence to a five-year deal worth up to $105 million. I believe the total number was $65 million guaranteed. Uh, like you, I wasn't surprised at, at the move at all. In fact, uh, I was sitting in the movie theater getting ready to watch <laughs> us, and you texted me, and I think you said, tank deal done. And I think my response was, cool. Like, we, we yeah. knew this was going to happen, yeah. right? Uh, it, and this is part of the reason why the offseason is so terrible, but so fun at the same time, because we knew this was going to happen. It was just, you know, we had to get through all these weird steps in the media, kind of tearing each other's value down, but whatever. Um, let's talk about our initial reactions to the deal. Those five years, $105 million make sense to you, Landon? Yeah, I mean, I think... I think this deal, I mean, if you look at the the, the way it was laid out um, and the way that it, it ended up with, with the, the amount of guaranteed money in the first three years, as we all know, that's kind of the 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 true tell of the deal. I mean, that most NFL deals, especially um, with the Cowboys, you know, that it's really kind of just a three-year deal. Uh, and really? and yep. so, I mean, I think with, with Tanks, I mean, there's a very high probability that he sees uh, – the end of this deal just because you know he's only 27 he's turning 27 um and defensive ends can often play you know well into their 30s so we'll see what his money is like but there is a possibility that he sees all six of these years so uh or five five of these years um you know i think when you look at the money um uh, I think they ended up with 65 million for over the three years and, and 48 million uh, for the first two. You know, uh, I mean, I think the annual 
per year came out with something like 21 and was it 21 or like 21 and a half or yeah i think right at 21 yeah so yep. I, I mean i think that's a win for both sides you know i mean i think that's kind of when people targeted what the sweet spot of this deal was going to be i think most people were kind of talking in this range right i think that the, when you look at the deals that are above him you look at the deals that are below him um i, I you know i think that there was some argument that you know he wanted to be paid more than that it just you know i, I want to reference this um the Peter King article, the SI.com article, because it really kind of broke down uh, what happened with negotiations. And, and, and they made it very clear uh, that to his credit, and, and, and this doesn't surprise you at all. I'm assuming it doesn't surprise me. Uh, it was very clear in, they, in the article that, that Demarcus Lawrence didn't want to go anywhere. Um, and, no, and, and, and I think that, you know, and, and they, they kind of uh, accentuate that point when uh, they said that Cantor had texted Demarcus Lawrence at a kind of critical point in the negotiation and said, uh, told him to tell, have Demarcus Lawrence tell Stephen, uh, well, then trade me. And he never did. Uh, he, he refused right. to say the words. And, you know, look, um, he's got a home near the place. He clearly loves the culture. He's a leader in the building. Uh, I, you know, I, Tyron Crawford is one of his best friends is on the team. Um, I, I just, it, from the beginning, I felt like you no, know, even with the, 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 the fact that no player, I think this is right, that no player has ever re-signed with a team that he's been, uh, franchise tag twice. twice. Yep. Even yep. with that fact in mind, uh, I just felt like the situation was different. Uh, I felt like Lawrence's agent, probably more than Lawrence himself, reacted very poorly to uh, uh, a mechanism that they need. They used that they really were only ever using with the idea of resigning him, um, and I think that that caused a, a lot of the frenzy that goes on and can i just say how uh how far you have come on the on the on the scale of of reacting to these things because i mean there was definitely a time when you would have been part of the many angry you know voices but but this was definitely it's my maturity it is right it's, I mean, you've been you've been in the game so long now that it's like you see it and it's like and, and that's all it is is that once you've been paying attention to this long enough you see the patterns you know and it's like right. this this Yes, it was a contentious negotiation, but just like Dez's was a, a contentious negotiation, and, and yep. three or four other guys, like some of the things that get thrown around in these things. I mean, even all the way back to uh, Emmett Smith and all these guys, it's just it's a lot of stuff it's to ludicrous. get a whole bunch of money. It's a whole yeah. bunch of money, so crazy things are going to be said, you know. And so uh, uh, when it actually came down, obviously it was it was a huge win for the Cowboys. But I think if you look at the way it broke down. Both sides are happy. I, I think they got just short of probably uh, they being Demarcus Lawrence's team. They probably got money just short of what they were looking for, but but not you know outrageously so. And at the end of the day, he gets you know uh, he gets paid on on the level of of a Von Miller of a of a Mac, and as he should. And I think it really kind of puts it slots everyone on that defensive line into place and it really gives uh, a bright future especially with the addition of Quinn uh for the uh, at least the next season and then may- maybe beyond mm-hmm. all right those are all great points I got a lot of kind of follow-up things um really quickly one of the advantages for the Cowboys signing this deal right now is that they get ahead of some of the other yeah. guys that have contracts coming up 
Uh, Frank Clark from Seattle has been franchised. Uh, he's looking for a long-term deal. Did you see his deal. tweet when, it, when, it, when, it, when the deal came out? No, I he didn't. Tweeted, he tweeted out, I think it was an eyeball emoji. <laughs> just like, it, was, it was just like, yeah, yep, well, I'm coming next. Well, that's, that's obviously where Frank Clark and Seattle are going to start their negotiations, right at where Demarcus Lawrence is at. Another one is Jadavion Clowney on the franchise tag this year. Again, he his sack totals are kind of similar to Lawrence, has a lot of pressure, so I'm kind of figuring there. And then if you go on to the next offseason, you've got guys like Joey Bosa, who's up for a contract extension next offseason, Melvin Ingram, uh, Miles Garrett's coming up, TJ Watt, Taco Charlton, all great pass rushers. That was a joke, by the way. Taco's not a great price. I, I, uh, I, I totally didn't get it because Taco has been so fantastic. I just looked on our lads. He's our starting right team. It's fit. Oh, that's, that's great. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, you've got five or six really, really good pass rushers coming up. Uh, they're going to get deals. And, you know, with the way the salary cap works and the way these contracts work, uh, the earlier you get a deal done, more often times than not, it ends up becoming a better deal because of the way these work. So um, one question I have for you, Landon, is Demarcus Lawrence now has been dealing with a back injury. He has the shoulder injury that he's having surgery on. Um, I think there's some questions about, you know, did the Cowboys pay for past production or, do they assume, or are they going to get a, a continually – uh, an all-pro player over the next couple of years. So my question for you is, how well do you think Lawrence's game is going to age in the next three or four years? Well, I think it's, it's probably going to age well. I mean, his game is very technique-based, you know. So I mean, that's that he was never uh, an elite athlete. I don't. I wouldn't say like. I mean, as far as what we see coming out of the position, especially in relation to where he is. With other pass rushers in the league, his game is very much technique based. I mean, his game is about hands, it's about aggressiveness, it's about having a pass rush plan, um, and his technique is is fantastic, a borderline flawless for a left defensive end. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I feel like his his game is going to age well. I, I will take this opportunity though to kind of push back on the idea of this um, thought process of. You know, the, oh, look, look what the Cowboys could have signed him at last year. Blah blah blah. blah if they had signed him, I it, it, this is absolutely true. But I, I think that the fact that you're even bringing this up, and the, the fact that we're talking about like the injuries and all this stuff, I don't. Now that it's done, and the Cowboys actually still signed their guy and still signed him for a pretty you know reasonable rate for what they thought, right? Um, mm-hmm. I feel like they did the right thing because they they still needed sure. to make confirm that this guy was was going to be able to continue to do this. I think that what they saw this season was a guy who even with the torn labrum was able to fight through uh, and produce at a level that was replicated week after week. His consistency is is remarkable, really. I mean, that, that for a guy that you know that at the position, I I, I think you know. And this is going to sound like blasphemy, but it feels like even more than like a guy like Demarcus Ware at times, who it felt like would get hot and have flashes at times. It feels like Lawrence is just very steady, and 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 as as long as he's healthy, he's gonna he's gonna produce. And when he's not healthy, you know, it's he's gonna it's gonna take a little bit off off his skill set, but not much. So I, I think he's gonna age well, uh, but I also think that the Cowboys did themselves. Uh, you know, a, a little bit of a favor by making sure that 
they had another year of proof. They had another year of seeing whether this guy can fight through an injury or you know tough it out. Um, and and I think that at the end of the day, they were okay with paying him the extra money to make him prove it. And um, and I think that that's you know as much as people may want to be upset about the fact that they're having to pay this all this extra money now because they didn't pay him before, I think to them it was worth it because of uh, for the peace of mind. But I do think to answer your question because his game is technique based. As he loses a little bit of athleticism here and there, uh, I don't know that it's going to really kill his game as much because his game is based more on. What's between his ears? What's what, the way he uses his hands and that sort of thing? I agree. Um, I, I just think he's so technically sound that he's going to be a guy that maybe kind of like Cameron Wake that can play into his mid thirties and even be a, a solid pass rusher. Even if he becomes, you know, maybe he's not the stud, you know, all pro player every year, but could he give you seven to eight sacks every season with, uh, you know, solid production against the run? I think that's absolutely. In play, um, I want to talk a little bit about the injury timeline because I think this is important. Uh, Stephen Jones uh, this morning came out and said that his surgery is scheduled for Wednesday, and the recovery process is four to six months. Well, four months would take you into the first couple of weeks of training camp. Six months would take you well into the season. Uh, does that make you nervous, Landon? I, you know, I. I I think six months to me sounds. I mean, from what I've heard too, and uh, I mean, I definitely will defer to Stephen, but six months is what it takes to get to be fully over the injury. Uh, I tend to think that yeah, I, he'll be fine. I, I, I mean, I think that he, he may be a little bit slow early up in the season because he didn't get an opportunity as much in training camp, but I think he will be ready for for week one. Uh, I mean, I just based on previous, you know experience with injuries right. and surgeries like this it feels like four months is really more typically how long it takes to kind of recover from this thing six months from what i've heard i mean again this is all just secondhand information i could be totally wrong but four months is what it takes to get back kind of playing six months is how long it takes before you feel completely 100 percent back so I, I feel like he will be there be available you know uh, he may be a little bit slowed up again at the early part of the season because of a lack of training camp. Uh, but I think that uh, we should be getting 16 games of, 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 of DeMarcus Lawrence, probably 15 really good games and one still kind of work his way back game. Yeah. Basically it's five months exactly from the Cowboys season opener. Um, I would expect that he's going to be on the field for that. Yeah. I, four months gets you to where he's probably starting to condition, maybe starting to practice at least a little bit. I would think by five months, or even you know, at the let's let's say the worst case scenario, he misses, you know, he, he's the full six months. You're talking about missing the first three or four games of the season. It's long term. It's not that big of a deal. We've had we've had Cowboys defenders, including Lawrence himself, suspended for the first four games of the season. So I, I, I'm not worried about it in the, in the scope of things. But um, I want to talk lastly about the draft because now that we know Lawrence is signed and he's here long-term and that Robert Quinn is going to be here for the 2019 season at least at right end, does that change the way they draft uh, You know, this year? I mean, do they not pick a defensive end high? We've seen that they brought in some guys for some visits, including Jalen Ferguson. 
Um, would you be opposed to them drafting a defensive end high? What are just kind of your overall thoughts on the position now? I kind of think I would. I mean, I don't know that drafting a defensive end at 58 was going to help you much this season anyways. But, I mean, you did just sign a long-term contract with a guy who is going to be a defensive end for a while. So, uh, I, you know, I, I wouldn't be totally surprised if they drafted a guy with the idea that he could be, um, you know, the heir apparent on the other side. Like, if they really don't trust the Gregory situation or, you know, I, there's, there, I think there's a possibility they could go that route. But I think at this point it's probably more likely – that they really let the draft fall to them and they kind of take the best player that falls there. I mean, I think some people would say that there's probably still a, a spot at safety if they wanted to go get a, a solid safety who fell to them at 58. I, you know, I, yep. I certainly wouldn't be upset about that. I, I also think, though, that they, they have kind of set themselves up as best as they can to really – uh, draft away and just kind of let the, the, the draft fall to them. If that is a defensive end, um, you know, maybe I think it may be difficult because you look at what you've got on the roster and you're like, how do I fit another defensive end there? I mean, do do you kick Kerry Hyder in full time as a defensive tackle? Do you? Uh, I, I make Tyrone Crawford a defensive tackle for sure. I get that's the one move that I do right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, I think that those, all that stuff is li- very likely. I think you just have to kind of start to shuffle things around. But at the very least, if you draft a defensive end high, uh, there's going to need to be a little bit of shuffling around on your roster because the defensive end, like just from a numbers standpoint, is the position is full. So you got to be able to rotate some people in and out, or or expect that one or two of these guys isn't going to be on the team or isn't going to be available. Or you draft a defensive end that has some position flex. Uh, we talked about Zach Allen, who we liked a lot, right? That's a guy that can play defensive end and defensive tackle. I think tackle. he's a defensive tackle who has position flex, personally. But you know uh, what I'm saying? And I agree. <laughs> I mean, the, the other defensive end that has position flex that we both like a little bit, and so does our friend John, is Christian Miller mm-hmm. from Alabama. That's a guy that could potentially play you know, some Sam linebacker in 2019 and then maybe transition down as a full-time pass rusher later in his career. So... Uh, the Cowboys have done a great job of setting themselves up to, to really pick the best player available in this draft. I mean, they, they really don't have to address any need. I mean, heck, if they don't draft a safety, are you going to be panicking going into the season with the same guys you had last year plus George Iloka? I mean, I don't think so. No, because I, I think, again, the, even the type of safety that you need is a guy that you can get at any point in the draft. I mean, you're talking probably what you really kind of quote-unquote need is a, another box guy. And I think that, you know, or, or an upgrade. The, and I think you could find that in the third round, no problem. I mean, as far as an upgrade yeah. at the box position, I, th- I just think that those guys are not hard to find later in the draft. And that's why I feel like they set themselves up. The one position that you feel like they could, they you know, th- that you could call a need, I guess is the best way to phrase it, uh, is a position that really they could fill that need the first pick, the, their second pick. Really, the third pick, maybe. I mean, I think you can get starter-quality box safeties from this draft probably all the way into the fourth round. I think you can find starting-quality box safeties even in a free agency still. I mean, yeah. it's, it's not that hard to find that position, especially if you're only looking for a guy to help you on first or second down because I think they feel pretty good about their nickel package. I think they feel pretty good with Heath and uh, Xavier Woods back there. So, yeah, I, I think they're okay. 
All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at LockedOnCowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you guys next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.